Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome again to another episode of Dialogue Heavy with Michael Anthony McMillan. You know it is. It's Michael Anthony McMillan. And as of now, all the writings that I do on here, whether it be a monologue or a uh, short story, a screenplay, a, a episodic teleplay, all that is all written by me, Michael Anthony McMillan. So today, I have a short story for you. Um, it's called A Black Guy Walked Into a Bar. <laughs> yeah, crazy, right? Um, <clears throat> I don't really know where this originated from. Maybe as I read it to myself by the end, I'll be able to tell you a little bit more about it. But it just came to me, not the full story. I just started writing and I wrote and I wrote and I wrote until I felt like I had a, a finished project. Um, obviously nothing is ever finished. Uh, you got to do a bunch of edits and stuff like that, but this is what I got so far. I think I wrote this, I know the first time I wrote this every time, every time you edit it, you know, it, it has a new date on your computer, but, uh, yeah. So let me not talk about too much. It's just, here we go. A black guy walked into a bar. All right, here we go. There was this one night back when I was, I don't know, relatively young, I guess, that I'll never forget. I was at the town's local watering hole and what? No, that's what they called them back then. Huh? Jesus, kid, it's a figure of speech. It was a bar, right? I was at a bar. Damn. Anyway, I was at the bar destroying my kidney, my kidneys as I did most nights back then when the craziest thing happened. I'm sitting in the corner of the bar, farthest away from the front door, away from all the village idiots, drinking God's greatest concoction ever, wild turkey and pap's beer chaser, when this fucking bohemian black man comes into the place. I mean, this fucker was huge. Now, don't get me wrong. He was fat. Nobody would deny that. But you could tell he was holding some muscle under all that blubber. He looked like an ape to me, dressed in all black and a sleek black leather jacket. And the darkness of the bar looked like his big ass shadow was a shadow. His big ass shadow was walking from one end of the bar to the other. I don't know if it was the drama of the situation or what, but his walk was so damn smooth it looked like the guy was gliding. Gliding, I said. This big fuck had to be pushing 400 pounds or close to it. He, But he was as agile as a ballerina. I swear it. Well, as everyone, including me, turned our full attention to this guy, I thought to myself, I don't think there's ever been a black man in this bar. Then I thought even deeper, I don't think there's ever been a black man in this town. See, I grew up here, and that's that. Nothing ever exciting happens here unless you call Mr. Roberts, Mr. Roberts, the local pig farmer's pigs getting out of the pen and running down the road news, or some cow escaping from the farm and going up on the highway and causing a, a whopping five-car traffic jam on the road, a breaking story. Yeah, that was the kind of town I was from where you did one of two things when you grew up. 
you worked at the local steel mill or you moved to some big city and wrote back to us lamos of your exciting escapades. And shit, you best believe we'd eat up those stories too. Live vi- live vicariously through your ass and then go right then go right back to work and drinking. That's the kind of people that lived here. They talk a bunch of shit about the outside world, but wouldn't dare step out there into out of their comfort zone to get into it. Mm-hmm. We'd rather work to earn money, earn money to drink, and drink to survive this shitty existence. Yep, that was us, all right. And if you didn't like it, well, you knew where to go. Anyway, back at the bar, you couldn't pay Tom and Mary the on-again, off-again couple that provided the town with our weekly relationship drama to stop staring at the big, fat black man in the corner that walked like he had been here, been coming here, that walked inside here like he'd been coming here as long as I had. Oh, now I remember what he looked like to me. He looked like that fat, black musician, you know, rapper or whatever from the 90s, who was shot in the street in Los Angeles, but it was unsolved. And he was accused of killing another black rapper who wasn't fat that got shot the year earlier in Vegas or something, I think. I don't know. Anyway, he looked like him. Regardless, it looked like the black guy has something on his mind. Either that or he was fucking crazy for not noticing every single fucking eyeball in the place on him. Did I mention that I was fatter back then? Well, I was. <laughs> and taller, too. <laughs> Anyway, I mentioned that because anytime some ruckus kicked off back then and a fight would break out because, I don't know, somebody slept with someone's wife or whatever, I was always the first fucker they called to break it up. Like I needed that shit. I ain't no police officer. I ain't no damn superhero either. But if you thought that stopped everybody in that bar from slowly moving their drunken hick eyeballs from big boy to me once he settled in, you're sadly mistaken. Shit, I might as well bend him the way they were gawking at me. <laughs> and did and do you know what I did when they started staring? I went to go take a piss. <laughs> Fuck him. I remember thinking, John, uh, fucking Johnny, the local sheriff, the, the motherfucker that was supposed to handle shit like this, was amongst the asshole staring at me. So yeah, I turned my back on all those idiots and I went to go relieve myself. Now... Don't get me wrong, part of me took off to drain those 12 beers that I tossed back over the last hour or so, but <clears throat> the other half of me was doing it just to piss them all off. <laughs> so anyway, I goes into the pisser, pull my hog out, and start to pissing. And I think to myself, what the next five minutes out there will be like, am I going to have to fight this big fucker? Because if so, that'll suck. Not because I can't handle myself. I got old man farmer strength on my side, not to mention some hand-to-hand combat skills still left over from the short stay I did in the military. No. But what I was worried about was if these fucking losers outside would have my back if this fucking guy turns out to be one of those UFC fuckers and puts me on my ass. Anyway, while I stare at the wall thinking about my bright future, darkness comes into the restroom. Stands right next to me <clears throat> to piss himself. Fuck. Now you can imagine the horror, right? I'm thinking whether or not I'm going to have to break a bottle over this guy's head in the next couple of minutes. And then he comes in to the restroom and pulls his dick out next to me. 
Jesus, keep your composure, I keep telling myself. We're two big fuckers, too big to be fighting in this little pisser. So I zip up and I try my damnness to suck my belly in and move around this big ass to get to the sink. Excuse me, I say. Yup, he returns as he moves closer to the urinal to let me by. I manage to squeeze squeeze past and get to the sink to wash my hands. When out of my peripheral vision, I see a sudden movement as I splash water on my face. I jolt quickly to the right only to see this big fuck had the nerve not only to be that big, but also have a dick like a goddamn cannon. That's right. I said it. This guy's dick was big enough to where, in my mind's eye, I thought this fuck was pulling out a shotgun and it turns out, nope, he just had a gargantuan sized dick. <laughs> I swear, I look from, I look up from his dick to his face like the girl's doing a porno when the fella's carrying, you know. <laughs> and he's staring up at the ceiling, you know, looking a little bit frustrated, like he's had a bad day. But I tell you what, Nobody could ever ruin my day if I had a dick like that. <laughs> anyway, I leave him and his big dick in there to be alone and I go finish my beer. And wouldn't you know it, as I walk out of the as I walk out, the whole fucking town, well the drinkers anyway, were all wide-eyed wondering what happened in there. So I says, What? And I remember now that the television when I came out of the restroom had been on the fish and game channel and it was on mute. Shit, they even had stopped playing songs on the jukebox. Well, what happened? Says Jimmy, the local fag and bartender. I didn't have time for this shit, so I tells him, I took a piss. These fucking bozos are all looking at each other like the nomads did when they discovered fire. Also, I couldn't help but snicker to, snicker to myself on how Jimmy's gay ass probably would have fainted and gone to heaven had he saw the sight of Big Boys Johnson. What shall we do, says Edith. Now, Edith is the town's gossip queen. You need to know that. If you want to know anything about anyone in this town, she knows it. She knows it all. She's better than the damn inquire around these parts. I'm telling you. And there's only one thing that Edith loves more than the drama in this town, and that's the people who live here, in all honesty. Side note, I also lost my virginity to her in seventh grade when she was in the 12th. But I'd rather not talk about that experience right now. We should tell them to leave, says somebody. Yeah, says somebody else. Yeah, says another. What do you think, Ray? Someone asked me. The whole room gets all quiet. What the, but what the fuck do I know? Or care about this guy. He ain't bothering me. So I tells him, I don't know. Let him drink. Now everybody looks at me with those fucking Charles Manson eyes. You know, like they want to strangle me and the big guy together. But fuck them. They're putting all this unnecessary pressure on me to fuck with this guy and he didn't do shit to me. What was I supposed to do? Burn him at the stake? Cut his gigantic penis off and choke him with it? The fuck? Luckily for me, before anybody said another word, the big guy comes out of the restroom says, excuse me, as he gets by me. Now the tension inside the bar is so damn thick that if you cut it, the shit would have had layers. But do you think any of this bothered the brother? Fuck no. 
It's as if he didn't see 20 drunk white people scowling at him in a bar in the South in the middle of nowhere with the Confederate flag strategically placed on the front door. Nope, not at all. This kid takes a seat and tells Jimmy, double shot of Hennessy, please. Holy shit. If I'm lying, I'm flying. He actually asked for Hennessy. We don't have no Hennessy, Jimmy tells him. Not around here. All right, says the guy. Then he pulls out a green and white pack of cigarettes. I think it read Newports or Newports or something like that. Uh, Give me a Crown Royal. He continues. Then he goes to light and take a puff of his cigarette. Y'all got ESPN? I swear, Jimmy just about shit himself. Jimmy looks around at everybody hoping somebody would have had the nerve to confront this fat African gladiator. But everybody else's head is still blown from the Hennessy request. Now, at this point, it's clear that nobody had a fucking clue what to do if a black guy comes into a bar in a town like this and it's completely non-confrontational. Because five minutes later, you got all these idiots huddled around the jukebox like they're gathering for warmth, talking about talking about and watching Forrest Whitaker's every move. And what is this guy doing over there? Fucking relaxing with not a care in the world. Clear on the other side of the bar with his cigarette and his shot of Hennessy watching ESPN. Jimmy found an old bottle behind the maker's mark of Hennessy. Then no sooner as I turn around and put some change in the jukebox to hear some tunes from my main man, Bruce, Edith, <clears throat> with her overdrunk, overdramatic ass gas in the direction of the big guy. Everybody immediately turns their head towards him as if he's the only possible problem in this shithole. He finishes his shot. He takes the last drag of his cigarette and ashes it. And then, <clears throat> and that's when it happens. That's when all hell broke loose. That's when he did it. What what we thought and knew that he came here to do in the first place. Black Panther stands up and reaches up and puts his hand into his back pocket. I remember wanting to kill Edith's ass because she grips my bad shoulder from football so damn hard I actually murmur like a little girl. Anyway, like in slow-mo, every eyeball in the place is on that big black hand. It feels like his hands is taking a fucking calendar year to come out of there. Jake, or the local pussy as I like to call him, is now hiding behind me and the jukebox. He later told me that his his life flashes before his eyes. The prick. He just as, He's just as bad as Edith, I think. And I also think that him and Jimmy are secret fuck buddies. (laughs) Anyway, when his hand finally comes out, everybody's bracing themselves for the slaughter of Sadie's Bar in 1968. And you're not going to believe this shit, but the Nigerian pulls out a very respectable wad of cash and puts a 20 on the counter. (laughs) Then the big fuck proceeds to tell Jimmy, thank you for looking for the Hennessy. Keep the change. Then he walks past all of us idiots out of the bar and I'm guessing out of the town never to be seen again. Jesus Christ. Now, of course, Edith leaves after him to see if he actually left probably all the way to the state line. But who knows? Shit, who cares? And that's it. That's all that happened. Crazy, right? Now, if you hear this story from anybody else in town, of course, they'll have their own spin on it. 
Everybody wants to stir some shit up because their life isn't worth shit. And they ain't got a goddamn thing to do with themselves. I've even gone as far as to hear that God robbed us all, blind us, pistol whipped us, and fucked us. <laughs> I bet you can imagine whose story that was after word got around on how hung Denzel Washington was. But really, at the end of the day, some fat black guy with a big dick walked, wandered into a little hick town just passing through, had a drink and a smoke, watched a little basketball while listening to the sweet sounds of Bruce Springsteen. That's all that happened. And while that night may not have meant a damn thing to that man, it changed our lives in that town forever. The end. (laughs) Oh, man. A black guy walked into a bar. That's my short story for you guys today, guys. I don't even know. I still don't know where I got it from. I guess, you know, there's all those things that kind of, excuse me, that go into your head as a, as a black man, which I am, if you guys didn't know, um, you know, the, the social injustices that happen in the world and stuff like that. Um, you know, me and my wife kind of talk about it quite often about, you know, things that happen and she's, she, uh, got to experience some things actually being with me, me walking, behind people or something in public and people all of a sudden clutching onto their purses or, you know, moving their cell phone from their back pocket to their front pocket and stuff. And yeah, it could seem like a coincidence, but when it happens, you know, you know, when she's never seen it in her life before and then she sees it when she's, you know, holding hands with me walking with people, you know, you know, she figured out after a while that it's not just, you know, a coincidence. But I wasn't I wasn't writing this in efforts to be like, oh, white people, this or any other race. Uh, to be negative or anything like that. I was just writing a story. And, you know, sometimes these stories just come to me and just, you know, uh, and I just write them. That's all I can really say about it. <laughs> I don't have any, any too much anything invested in this. I just started writing and I wrote. Uh, and I'm glad that I wrote it. It's a really, I think it's a really cool story. Uh, I tried, I had, I made an attempt at having an accent for you guys on this one. Like it was somebody actually from the South. And uh, I hope you guys appreciate it. I hope you guys liked it. Um, yeah, so a black guy walks into a bar. That is it for today, guys. I hope you guys like it. I pray you guys liked it. And I um, hope that you guys listen to more things. It's, I'm starting to slowly but surely get a little bit more listeners on the things that uh, that I, uh, I post on here on this podcast. So I'm, I'll probably do a little bit more things and um i hope that you guys continue to listen man this is really really cool it feeds my creative soul and uh i just want to continue to make other people happy and people listen to the stories i know how much i love 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 listening to stories and um uh so uh, being able to write them and provide them for you is something that is that's a, a great treasure for me so if you guys can please 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 write either on um on here i don't know if you can write on here or leave me a message on here but do that or write me on my instagram and let me know that you've heard it and that you liked it or you didn't like it or you know what you actually felt about it because i I would love to get feedback on on what you guys think of some of these stories um you can always catch me on instagram at michael period mcmillan that's michael spelled the regular way period mcm I-L-L-O-N. My email is M-Z-Z 
ack199 at gmail.com and uh, that's the only ways to get me I am going to get a Facebook again soon because when I do shoot um, some stuff in the future I'm going to be looking to find some groups that I can to help uh, shoot some of these stories but anyway uh, again thank you so much thank you so 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 much very much for listening I appreciate you and I will catch you guys on the next episode so talk to you later see you bye peace holla Boop.